the grass is so long and we're wading through it it's lovely yeah that's what i mean about awakening my sense of play right this is just feels like playtime a proper adventure yeah absolutely absolutely and it's an adventure that you can just have within the space that like for me i traveled it took me about 13 minutes by bus to get here so this great adventure that i was able to access in 30 minutes for free exactly this is the thing about london that we sometimes underestimate isn't it yeah for sure the more people i can just drag out to places like this i think <laughs> the better and look another butterfly <laughs> all these like incredible things that we see are just hitting all of your senses your eyes your ears it's lovely Hello, I'm Liv Bolton, and you're listening to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make the outdoors a bigger part of your life. In this episode, I go for a walk in beautiful Wanstead Park in East London with Manira Ali. Manira discovered the joy of walking in 2019 when she was struggling with her mental health. She's now attempting to walk in all of London's 3,000 parks, spreading the message, particularly within her British Somaliland community, about the pleasure of exploring urban green spaces. Manira's enthusiasm about walking in London's parks is utterly infectious, so I couldn't wait to chat to her and hear more about the impact of the outdoors on her life and why she thinks city green spots are so important. Her story also summed up for me the endless possibilities of exploring from your doorstep and how a curiosity about your local area can lead to big adventures. But before we get to Manira's story, I wanted to say thank you so much to all of you who've listened to the first four episodes of Series 8, with Carla Corey, who's one of only two black female mountain leaders in the UK, Elise Wortley, who follows in the footsteps of female explorers of the past and who survived for weeks on her own in the Canadian wilderness for the TV survival series alone, Katie O'Neill Gutierrez, a mum of two who founded the Blaze Trails parent and baby walking community, and Sarah Banks, the author of The Wild Guide to Northeast England. If you enjoyed the episodes, it would be wonderful if you could subscribe or write a review on Apple Podcasts about The Outdoors Fix. And please feel free to recommend it to your family and friends. Thank you. I also wanted to thank the outdoor footwear company Merrill for kindly supporting The Outdoors Fix. Their backing makes this podcast possible and they always allow me the freedom to find the people and stories I think are important to showcase. Do check out their hiking shoes. I spent the summer in their Merrill Women's Speed Eco Waterproof hiking shoes and they are so comfortable. Merrill have kindly offered listeners of The Outdoors Fix a 20% off discount on their products at merrill.co.uk. So just use the code OUTDOORS20, which is valid on one product per person until the 31st of December 2023. Anyway, back to Manira. Don't miss her suggestions for her must-visit London parks at the end of the episode as well as a minute of the sounds of nature for a little bit of escapism in your busy day. So here's Manera. Manera, thank you so much for coming on the Outdoors Fix podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you a part of it. No, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I think I said before, I'm, a, I'm yeah, pleasantly surprised. It, it's nice to be asked, but uh, yeah. Well, I have been fascinated by following you on Instagram recently, and I'm going to tell people a little bit about what I loved about 
uh, you and your story and why I wanted to chat to you in a second. But can you just describe to the listeners where we are in the country and where we're sat right now? Yeah. So we're in Wanstead Park, uh, which I think forms part of Epping Forest. In London. Um, yeah. yeah. It's in the borough of Redbridge and we are right by the grotto. So the grotto is what's left of Wanstead House, a stately, massive mansion or massive house um, built in the 1700s that was burnt down in the 1800s. We're in this meadow and I can see poplar trees around me, I can see lime trees, copper beech and then the grasses, we're sitting within the grasses and the grasses are taller than our heads. Yeah. So we're kind of hidden, aren't we? We are very much <laughs> hidden. Um, but not hidden enough, I think. We <laughs> <laughs> can definitely hear some people in the background, but there's lots of children and dogs and families out on their Sunday walks. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked me to come to this spot because I've never been here before and I lived in London for 10 years and it is a complete escape yeah. from the hustle and bustle of the city. And so, what is so special about Wanstead Park to you, do you think? I'm from East London, so this is probably the closest park that feels a bit like the countryside. It feels very much you're out of the city, not completely because you do hear the plains and it has gorgeous woodlands, some beautiful ponds, um, long history which is really interesting to think about and learn about. Um, the bluebells are gorgeous in the spring. Two or three trips before this one to here, I spotted some longhorn cow, which oh. is really random. It's really hard to think about some of my favourite spots, but this is one of my favourite spots, and I think sometimes it's just a feeling. Um, I like green spaces when you can go in and you don't have a 360 view, you have to go out exploring, and this is, this is that kind of park, so yeah. It's such an interesting place, like you mentioned about the history of it and it used to be a house that was the size of Blenheim Palace which yeah. is a huge vast stately home in Oxfordshire um, and then obviously you say it was demolished in the 1800s but yeah the, the remnants of this makes it feel quite a grand park yeah. but also quite wild yeah um, oh it's really wonderful so thank you and we, we've had a lovely explore so far and we're going to go and explore lots of the other bit after our chat but Manira, as I was mentioning before I came across you because your Instagram is all London parks, and I was intrigued. Um, you are in the process of trying to walk all of London's parks and green spaces, and there are about 3,000 of them. Yeah, 3,000 plus. So this is very much a lifelong ambition, I think. Absolutely. But before we get to the why, though, how many have you done so far, and how are you listing them because I don't think there's one official list. So yeah there isn't, uh, I haven't been able to find an exhaustive list yet um, but I have put together a list for myself. I did that by going on every council's website and pulling their list but it is as I said it's not reliable because some council websites have full lists and good breakdowns and some will just list some of their main green spaces and just write other or like right. just not fill in those gaps. So. I've done 140. Wow. Um, so yeah, lots and lots to go, um, but yeah. And you've done 140 since 2021 when you first started yeah. the challenge. Yeah. So um, in terms of this list then, I yeah. love the idea of you going onto council websites and, and getting all of the green spaces from there. And there's obviously 32 boroughs, I think, in, in yeah. London, so you can, you can get all the data. Have you got a massive spreadsheet? I do have a massive spreadsheet <laughs> and it's pretty unwieldy and I think it's an ongoing progress. Yeah. <laughs> So if you've been doing 140 so far, 
um, which is already far more than I've ever seen in London. And I lived here, like I said, for, for a decade. When do you go out? Do you go by yourself? And sort of how do you fit it around your normal life? Because you're a advice and advocacy worker for a homeless charity. Yeah. In almost every area, there are multiple green spaces of varying sizes. Like, certainly I found that some boroughs have many more green spaces than others and also the quality of their green spaces really varies as well depending on where you are but when I go out to meet friends or meet whoever I just try to like find where the local green space is there and I just make sure that I leave a bit earlier or or on my way back I'll just head over and explore sometimes I just go explore for the day and just you know because in in truth I'm doing this because I love it so it's not it's not it's not really about the goal. Um, I just happened to have a goal, which I later found quite funny when I discovered that there were so many green spaces. It's just that I love going outside. I think it's just my, by far my favourite thing to do. And I love going with people. Unexpectedly, I've, I've had some of the best conversations going on walks. I feel that people, and perhaps myself, are just more open-minded, more open-hearted, and you just have these really deep, thoughtful, amazing conversations with people that I have known for a long time, people that I've known for a less amount of time. And sometimes I also just go by myself. Um, yeah, and, I, and, and, and going by myself is really important to me too, because, um, and maybe we'll talk about it a bit later, but I do, a lot of this is about sort of my general well-being and mental health, like improving my mental health. Um, so it's nice to either forget about everything when I do this but also on the other side it's also nice to reflect on some past things that were more difficult or um, things that I currently find challenging and I just find it it's a gentle way to reflect because um, when I'm in these green spaces I'm walking and I'm walking forward and I don't know whether it's the fact that I'm moving forward um, that makes it feel that the stuff that I'm thinking about although a lot of it's in the past it does, it's not holding me back, it's not physically holding me back. Manira, just before we get into the why walking is also so good for your mental well-being, can we go back a bit? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> can you tell me where you grew up and has outdoors and walking been a part of your life before recent years doing this challenge? In short, no with an exclamation mark. So I'm one of eight, um, big family. Um, we're from smaller lands. I came when I was one years old and my mum was a young mum and we didn't have much money. We never really went on holidays either within the UK or outside the UK and we didn't really travel around London much. We, you know, I grew up in East London um, and yeah we didn't, it, I think it was hard for her to try to manage so many kids and taking them out to different places so we mainly focused around our local park. Um, sometimes um, but also I personally I hated anything physical I hated PE it wasn't enjoyable for me I struggled um, it, it yeah I just yeah I, I just struggled basically so walking and running around wasn't something that I personally really enjoyed because I associated with just I don't know just not being good at it and, and stuff like that so yeah I think for various reasons also like my mum her first language wasn't English, so she was learning English. So it's also just knowing where things are. I'm finding on my walks that I'm terrible at navigation. 
<laughs> so I think it's even harder if you don't speak the language at the time. Yeah. Um, although I'm improving my navigation skills, <laughs> but it's still an ongoing issue. So yeah, I think those were some of the barriers that we face. But funnily enough, I don't really look back at that and think that was sad because now that I'm discovering it, it's just awakened this sense of play and being a kid. So I love walking around even when it's muddy. I just love exploring. I really do feel like a big kid in these spaces. So it's, yeah, it, I think it's, 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 it's been cool. Oh, it's wonderful. And tell me how you first got into this walking yeah. here in, in the parks and what was that spark do you yeah. do you remember the moment well after our initial conversation I was trying to think about it a bit more and I've, I've set this goal in 2021 I've been going on longer walks since about 2020 but I think this all sort of like being outdoors walking really started in at the end of 2019 2019 was quite a defining year for me it was particularly hard and I felt quite lost and hopeless. And at the end of that year, I don't know what compelled me to do this, but I decided to go for a run. Now, I, I think I've referenced a little bit how much I hate physical activities. I, for some reasons unknown to me, even to this day, <laughs> I decided to start Couch to 5K. Um, and I, and I, went, I waited for the sun to go down. I didn't want anyone to see me and I started that. And I finished it, like, uh, so Couch to 5K, for those that don't know, it's a nine-week running program. You start, the first week you just run continuously for a minute, and then you walk, and then you run for another minute, and by week nine you, you run continuously for 30 minutes. Great. I completed that, and I, you know, it wasn't like afterwards, like, oh, that was amazing, that was so exciting. It was just that, I just thought, huh, that was, that was all right. And I was glad that I completed it, and it felt good having completed it, so I continued that. And I completed that um, and then I was running pretty regularly and then I started running in my local park. I wasn't so embarrassed. Um, and then I and, but that gave me a basic level or, or enough of a level of fitness which enabled me to do longer walks. Mm. And when I started doing these longer walks, I started discovering these amazing green spaces. And one of, one of the first long walks I went on was the Oak Trail in Epping Forest, mm. starting in Thaden Boys. And I was just like, Wow, this is this is so close to where I we're well, not super close to where I live, but close enough. Um, and then I went on the Parkland Walk, so from Frinsbury Park to Alexandra Park, and I just thought like these places are magical. And I and I said jokingly to my friend, oh, I want to see every green space. I want to see every London park. And then I got home and discovered that there were many, many. So that's really interesting that that running gave you that confidence to go and explore a bit more yeah. and, and then started this whole challenge. So can you just tell me how it helped you at that time? Because you mentioned you went through a very difficult time in 2019. It was really transformative for me, actually. I think um, it's, it's really hard to explain why it was so transformative, but it sort of unlocked, I think, you know, I've had various challenges in my life and my way of coping was just internalizing things and not really I realized in that year that I don't have any healthy coping mechanisms and this is a big problem so running in and of itself was really helpful it helped me just it quieting down some of the noise that I felt I was experiencing um, but in addition, it helped me unlock other healthy coping mechanisms too. So it was just sort of like the start for other things. So some of that is walking in nature.
some of that is journaling, some of that is, you know, it's different things. It's even just talking to people about things that I find challenging because I think I'm someone that's, it's not natural for me to do that. It's, I, I prefer to, or I just, yeah, I, I just hold things in. So that's, it was a turning point. That's wonderful. You found it. Yeah. So tell me about these first long walks then that you went on before you decided to do the challenge, because it's quite, it can be quite intimidating when you're starting from scratch and like you say with navigation, what to wear, how far is doable. Yeah. The first long walk I did actually was uh, to Fairlop Waters, but it, I walked for a while from where I live. So I ended up walking to get there. It took me over an hour, then I walked around there and then I walked back. I was surprised at how doable it was because I think because I had been running, it felt okay. Like, and also the next day I didn't have, you know, when you wake up and you're just like, oh, I'm in pain. Like, I didn't experience that. And also it's just the process of discovery. It's just, I really do think these, some of these places are just so magical. I, they just make me feel like, I just, I think I do feel like a bit of a kid and you know how kids ask like what is that and what is that that I'm, I'm pretty much doing them like what is that tree what is that part what is that bird and I'm just yeah it's just yeah it's, it's just really exciting for me might not be exciting for others but like I'm just like oh no definitely I'm just that like curiosity yeah. yeah it's really I have, I have the same thing and, I, and it's wonderful that you found it um okay so let's go through to the to the London parks this whole you know spreadsheet of <laughs> hundreds how do you decide on a place to go and also then just some of the favourites that you've been because a lot of the ones you've told me about I've never even heard of. At the moment because I have so many left to go I, I've been kind of picking some of the biggest. I've, I've been to all the royal parks now from Richmond Park to Greenwich Park which you know has I, I love going for the sunset although it gets quite busy like lots of these royal parks as they're absolutely extraordinary but one drawback for me anyway is that they can be quite they can feel quite hectic uh, especially on the weekend so when I go I try to go if I have a day off rather than when it's just sort of just too many people and I don't want it to be silent I'm not looking for silence when I go to green spaces I love some noise but it, some relative tranquility or quietness is also nice and then like I've also just I've been focusing a lot on East London where I'm from and then like sometimes it's just about um, I have various friends in London so I just reach out to friends or friends have actually reached out to me a lot and I've had lots of positive responses to what I'm doing and they've been taking me to their local parks and that's been really really cool to see it through their eyes as well um, so at the moment in short it's quite random it might be also just that I'm planning to go somewhere because of an event so then I will like I went to at the theatre at Regent's Park and so then I just hang out in Regent's Park. Maybe when I get up the numbers then I have to be maybe more systematic but at the moment it is just sort of like spot one of the bigger parts and then see smaller parks around those bigger parks. Yes. So what are some of your um, favourites? You said to me obviously this is why we're in Wanstead Park, yeah. this is one of your favourites. So can you just list a few of the others? I really love Victoria Park. Victoria Park is one of the parks I went to earlier on that isn't that far from me and yet again I just hadn't been um, and I just it's it's I think it's the biggest in East London um, and it's loved for for so many reasons it it's it's really massive and again I think I mentioned before like I, I like to go exploring in these parks so the bigger they are the better um, and it has great water features it's but it's also one of the parks that's quite buzzing so yeah also in East London I'd recommend West Ham Park it's the biggest park in Newham 
um, and it has this gorgeous ornamental garden, massive, absolutely beautiful. And then, and it also has all the features that you find in lots of these bigger parks, so football pitches, all that stuff, playgrounds. Um, similar to that is Brockwell Park. That is probably like the park that has it all. I think it really does. It has so many things. Down it's in Brixton, yeah. Down in Brixton, quite far from me, but um, yeah, I, it, it's also just a feel for it because lots of these parks parks have similar features, but. There are some parks I just feel better in, and that might be because that day happened to be a better day weather-wise. Um, it might be that I just had a really lovely time with a friend that it just sticks to my mind. One of those parks that sticks to my mind, I think part, a big part, partly for that reason, is um, Telegraph Hill Park. And that there's a lower park, there's a lower park, and there's an upper park. So there are two parks, and the upper park has a really great view of London. And I remember before then thinking, God, I really want to find a gorgeous view of London that isn't full of people. Because mm -hmm. you have, you know, in you have great views in Hampstead Heath, you've got Parliament Hill, you've got it's Greenwich. Packed, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Greenwich Park is also gorgeous, but always packed. Alexandra Park, I love it, always packed. <laughs> but I found at least when we were there, there was no there was like one other person there and beautiful. it was beautiful. My my favourites change all the time and um, it's really nice to revisit parks across the seasons too. I was going to say, it must changes. be so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Even this park um, in the spring, it has all the bluebells, which are unbelievable. Because I mean, when I was looking at your Instagram and all the photos, so you post a photo, it seems, from every, every park that you visit. And what's really interesting is that you don't post it of yourself it's just yeah. about the nature yeah. in the park and the view of the yeah. park and that's so lovely and that the things that you pick out so it might be the sun against some grass or a flower or it's a tree or it's some of the wildlife and so it's really interesting that you do that so you're obviously quite mindful as you're walking around yeah no actually like i've i've really been enjoying taking pictures and that's quite new as well for me um yeah, I do it all on my smartphone, so I don't have any, I don't have like a proper camera. Although I'm thinking about getting one because yeah, I really do enjoy taking pictures. But yeah, it's sort of as I'm, especially if I'm on my own, as I'm walking around, and it, it, it's it's both like a memory capsule, you know, because as because even because I go to so many parks and people ask me, I'm like, where was I last week? <laughs> I went to like five parks, but I'm like, but which? One? It's hard to keep track and really remember. But yeah, it's also just nice to spot things from different perspectives too. Yeah. Have you sort of increased your knowledge of nature and wildlife from doing it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, but bear in mind, my knowledge was zero. <laughs> so yeah, there's been a slight improvement. I think I still have tons to learn. But there's also, um, but I, I, I'm still enjoying it even without that knowledge. And um, there's a great um, um, group called Flock Together. It's a bird watching collective for people of colour, and and they come up with the concept of new nature, which is all about just sort of not having necessarily a, a certain skill set or a knowledge base. Like everyone should be able to access nature and just really enjoy it. Like it, there, there's no there should be no barriers. It's just sort of like you enjoy nature just because you just feel that connection, uh, and it doesn't need to have any particular words to it. So it's, it is interesting that because particularly in London, what's great is that 
it can feel more accessible and that you don't necessarily have to have high-tech equipment to go and explore the outdoors. Lots of these places are walkable, so yeah. you don't have to take transport, or you can if you want to go to the other side of the city, obviously. Yeah. So it's maybe a little bit more affordable than some other places where you have to take a car or a train yeah. to get to. Yeah. But obviously in London there are still barriers to yeah. the outdoors for a lot of people in that there's quite unequal access in some parts of the city compared to others. So yeah. some areas are a lot, a lot more green than others. Is that something you've noticed? I have noticed that, but also I'm quite early on in my journey. So it's something that I'm just sort of like also trying to keep an eye on to think about um, as I'm logging this. What I'm finding as well that I, I, I'm kind of painting this really glamorous picture of parks and that, and for me it is, I don't know, maybe it's this honeymoon stage. I really do, I'm really enjoying it, but I also recognise that green spaces are not untouched by some of the harsh realities of the world. You know, air pollution is an issue even in parks. Um, I, I saw this 2019 study by Imperial College and they talked about how lots of our green spaces um, exceed the legal limits for um, harmful air pollutants, particularly in the city. And it's something that um, isn't so well known and needs to be dealt with. Um, also, some parks, you know, you, you try to get away from stuff, but actually some parks, you there is lots of traffic noise um, that you can't block out. Um, and also some bad things happen in parks, like across like across across the city and, and beyond. Um, like in my local park, there are two quite horrible incidents that happened in the last couple of years. And and when I go out, sometimes you know, because often I do go out by myself. You know, people say, "Oh, be careful if you're going really early in the morning" or stuff like that. So it's it's important to be, I guess, vigilant. Um, and yeah, it's not all, I guess, perfect, but. Mm, I think it's important to say those things. Yeah. You're right. It's not all like absolutely yeah. amazing. You yeah. know, there are different things to it. But what is so lovely is that there are these places which many of us would not think that you'd be able to go and escape yeah. to when we live in London. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And there are some great projects that are being undertaken to improve some of our parks as well. Um, Parsloe's Park, which I recently went to, um, so they're working on uncovering a buried brook, which is really cool. They're also um, building a, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but a Miyawaki forest. So um, it's, it's, it's a technique to building forests. So forests generally, I think, uh, non-artificial forests, they take like 200 to 300 years mm. to, to grow. Um, but this technique to build an artificial urban forest will take maybe 20 to 30 years. Mm. So they're doing that there. Um, so I think lots is being done to just try to improve some of our parks because, yeah, not all parks are created equal. <laughs> but Absolutely, yeah. Oh, well, so with your, you know, your walking that you do and exploring these parks, do it mostly at the weekends because of your job. Yeah. Have you managed to interest friends and family into coming with you and, yeah. and exploring them with you too? Some, some, some of them. <laughs> some of them. Yeah, there are, there are like, I have friends who are into it more and they've accompanied me on lots of my walks and that's been really cool. Um, my family, it's been mixed. Some have been more interested than others. Like I took two of my sisters to Hainaut Forest and one was really sort of, I guess, seeing it from my perspective, which is this place is really amazing and Hainaut Forest is actually another really beautiful park in uh, Redbridge um, that I'd also really recommend. 
Um, but my other sister was just like, oh, can we go to the cafe? But again, it's like, it, I think she was also quite tired. So, you know, I can relate to that from, you know, when I think about my past and it took me, I had to develop a level of fitness in order to be able to really enjoy these parts because otherwise you will get tired and that might put you off. Yeah. You also have spoken to me about how when you're walking around the parks, even though you do it sometimes by yourself, you never feel alone. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's true. And um, I have tried to think about why I feel that way. It's, it's hard to really um, say or pinpoint any specific reason. I don't know whether it's, I think maybe it's partly because I know so many people have walked these paths and I think about those people that have, whether that's like, you know, one lifetime ago, two lifetimes ago, like, you know, lots of our green, spot, uh, green spaces are very, very, you know, they've been around for hundreds of years and that's interesting to think about. Um, also, I guess the wildlife, you're, you're, you're literally not alone. <laughs> so even if there aren't people around, there, there's, wide, there's wildlife around. It's a, it's a bit similar to what I was saying about sort of like gentle reflection, I think in part because I don't really feel entirely alone in the way that I would if I just, you know, hid myself in my room where I truly do feel alone when I do that. It's beautiful. As I mentioned, you are an advice and advocacy worker for a homeless charity in London. And you've kind of, your walking has sort of become part of your job, right? Yeah, um, unexpectedly. So um, I had a similar role um, prior to my current one, my current one I've had for the last three months, but I've worked in this space for this last three years. And uh, so I went for a visit before the interview and during the visit, they asked me whether I was interested in walks because they have a walking group every Wednesday uh, where they go to different green spaces in London. So, yeah, I was, I was really- What are the coincidences? Really, yeah. I just, yeah, it was really shocking. Um, and I then told them, well, as it happens, I'm actually trying to visit every London park. And so, yeah, it just felt very much meant to be. Every week we go on uh, walks around different green spaces around London. We, we all go together and you're just on an equal playing field, right? When you're walking, um, in these spaces, we are truly equal. I mean, we're equal anyway, but I think, you know, as a member of staff and as a client, you, there, there is that imbalance in some ways. Um, and it is important to maintain professional boundaries, which we always do. Um, but in, when you're walking around the park, so there is just something that just breaks away that and, and actually helps you connect and, and, and that feeds into the work work because it builds more trust between the two of you too. What do they think about the walks, your clients? So the ones that come, um, they really love it. It's a removal of those barriers, whether that's transport costs, um, whether that's just getting around and familiarising yourself in the area, uh, or whether that's, you know, some of it's about building confidence too. Um, I've had to do that over the years, right? I've had to build confidence to be able to access these spaces, um, and to get around them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a really important part of the work that we do. That's brilliant. I know that you're saying that it's, walking hasn't been part of your family's sort of leisure time yeah. before. Do you think you're influencing your family and your community maybe to think that 
exploring outdoors is an option and, and something that really can help your mental well-being? Um, I think so, I think so. Um, I think family and friends, we are... I'm becoming a bit like the park lady and maybe I need to calm down talking about green spaces <laughs> because also a lot of the time when I'm meeting people or I'm t um, it's sort of like, oh yeah, sh where should we meet? Should we meet at Blah Blah Park? <laughs> like, you know, um, and when they get there, it's, it's, it is just not knowing that some of these places are around and you get there and it is quite magical. Um, and I think for everyone there's something to see, whether that's an ornamental garden, whether that's seeing some roaming deer, whether that's, you know, there are just so many, you know, some of the woodlands, ancient trees. I think there's something for everyone to see um, and it really opens your eyes to what's on offer in London, I think. So you've done about 140 parks and green spaces in London so far, which is an amazing, amazing achievement. But are there any that you're particularly looking forward to go and explore? Yeah, so I have a short list for the coming months and I'm really excited to see Rain and Marshes, Hampton Court, Peckham Rye. Like just, I, there are just so many that I still haven't seen. And um, yeah, those are the ones that... I am, I'm looking to do over the next month or so. And so obviously at the moment your um, outdoors adventures has been very London centric. Do you have an ambition or a desire to kind of start exploring outside of London or are you, are you very happy to focus on London at the moment? No, I absolutely want to go beyond London. I actually um, was meant to go to the Scottish Highlands earlier in the year with Women in the Hills. Oh yeah, uh, but walking group, yeah. yeah. But unfortunately my mum was really unwell so then I, I wasn't able to join. But yeah, like I think I'm just touching the surface and I, it's made me really eager to explore more and I really want to see, you know, places like, so many, so many places, like, you know, I haven't been to the Lake District, Cornwall, you know, Peak District, like the UK is full of incredible places so I am really, yeah, I'm really, keen to explore them so check check up with me in five years time it's so exciting <laughs> all of this amazing prospects of adventures yeah. it, I'm, I'm so the curiosity that you have is so infectious yeah. and I you know you're gonna have so many amazing adventures in the next few years um, if you could look back then on the impact of the outdoors on your life how would you sum that up it's had a really major impact I feel as a person, I'm, I just feel so much freer, um, like both physically and emotionally. I just feel like I'm just, you know, freer in the sense that I'm literally moving around, right? I'm li moving around across London, um, and I've been hitting, you know, from zone one to zone six and beyond. Um, so in that sense, but also just emotionally, I feel like, you know, life is life, and things will continually happen in everyone's life and but I feel like I'm much I'm much better prepared in dealing with some of those challenges. Before I thought my room was my sanctuary but it became a very I guess a dark place a place that I think quickly became the opposite of that and now the outdoors has become my sanctuary and it's it's interesting to compare those two things because your room especially if you draw your curtains is very dark and the outdoors like as we're sitting here in the grass the sun is over us it feels very bright um, it's you know 
my room was silent here it's quiet but it's not silent and I think that's really important too because I don't come to the outdoors for silence I just come for a bit of peace but I want to hear things I want to hear the birds I want to hear you know I didn't mind hearing some laughter <laughs> just, you know the impact it's had on my life running walking being outside it, it's I just think it's just truly immeasurable it's it's really transformed every part of my life um, because it's unlocked my ability to be more open with my friends, with my family, with the people that I love. It's um, unlocked my ability to be more proactive in managing my mental health as well. And it's now, it's just, you know, accessing these green spaces. It's part of my weekly, regular life. I've incorporated it um, and it's, and it doesn't feel like a chore and I never want it to feel like a chore which is why even on, I have this social media account um, which I still find hilarious that it's called All London Parks because I am now really, I really am park lady. <laughs> but um, I don't want it to ever feel, I don't want the goal or just like feeling like I have to share things every week or you know, um, or having a to-do list. So sometimes I will just post a picture and not have any description. Um, and I often do that, um, and sometimes I will. So yeah, it's, it, it's been a really important, valuable part of my life. So Manira, who are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures then? Um, it's really hard to point to three people, but um, Black Girls Hike, because I've been on maybe five or six of their walks, mm. And I've really enjoyed each and every one of them. I think they do an excellent job of um, of catering to people of all levels. Um, and yeah, and I've met some really great people. I've had some really great conversations. And it's also nice not to have to think about navigation <laughs> on these walks. You know, you just you literally follow. <laughs> so I think yeah, I think they're brilliant. How about your second person? My second is. I think I mentioned them before, it's Flock Together. I've been to only one of their events. But so this is a bird um, watching group? Yes. You mentioned before. Yes, yes, I think they do a really good job of completely breaking barriers. They, it's, their events are totally free. And I guess um, they have, you know, once you do the main part of the walk and you literally go bird watching, I also realised, by the way, that I don't know how to use binoculars. <laughs> So I had to learn how to use binoculars, oh. and that was that was quite cool. Yeah. Um. So, it, over lunch, they they offer a platform for people to share things that they've been doing, their recent achievements, and sort of network in that way. Um. And also, poets do performances there. Oh. So I was, yeah, and they are brilliant. So, I think they're doing such an amazing job as well, and discovering the world of bird watching. Yeah. I'm very much, yeah, a, a novice, but it's a really interesting world and, um, yeah, birds particularly are just so special. How about your third person? Third person, um, I think I also recently mentioned Nick Stewart-Smith, who used to be the head gardener of Lambeth Palace Garden. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's had an impact on me because I'm starting to rethink how I see nature in the sense that I want to think about different ways that I can start centering nature um, 
and giving back to nature. So I'm, and also the way that he talks about plants and gardens is so interesting to me. He talks about listening to them and, you know, when you think about planting things, you think about, oh, these are the rules and these are the, and he kind of seems to just, I mean, he obviously is pretty much an expert, but he throws away the rules a little bit because he, it's, it's also about, I think for him, about really listening to the plants and really figuring out what they need that way. It feels more collaborative in a weird way. Oh, it's really interesting, those three people you've picked. You seem like you're going on a real journey of discovery and learning. And yeah, yeah. And I can mention so many more people because I completely got off social media in 2019. Um, so returning to it, I, I was treading carefully. Um, but now I just, I pretty much almost exclusively, apart from a few friends, follow nature-related content. Um, and yeah, it's been really joyous to discover them. I discovered you through that, you know. <laughs> it's um, yeah, but there are so many people I can I can mention. But I, you asked for three, so I've given yeah. you three. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good way of discovering <laughs> people, connecting. Yeah. yeah. So tips then, Manira, for a route that you would recommend in London that many people might not know about. Yeah. I'd really recommend one of the earlier walking routes that actually got me hooked into this, um, and that's the Oak Trail. So it starts at Thaden Boys Station, and it's a circular route. And Thaden Boys is on the central line. It is on the central yes. line, quite far into the central yes, line. Yes, yeah. Um, and it's an Epping Forest, this area, it's, the Oak Trail. It's trail. An, yeah, exactly, it is an Epping Forest. And um, yeah, it's just so much of it is woodland, um, and you are truly out of the city it is absolutely beautiful and it's really easy-ish to get you, get around as well there's good um, signposts throughout so I think it's for if you're not so used to doing longer walks it's a good one to start with um, it's also it also takes like two to three hours uh, and you can stop in between if you want as well so yeah. I think that's a good one if we're trying to encourage other people to get out and explore London parks how would you try and encourage them? Why should they go and do that? Because there are, for lots of people, so many other parts of the country or other places that they might want to go to, but why do you think people should explore London's parks? I would really encourage someone to check out some of these great green spaces because they sell themselves. They offer so much and they're also different. And, you know, if you go to Bushy Park, for example, it's just, it's quite breathtaking and so it's not it's hard for me to, to try to encourage because it, it will encourage you when you're there and that's what's happened to me it's like it's in doing that that I've wanted to do it more if people describe it to me I just be like oh yeah sure great there are parks like <laughs> good for you like but actually being there has made me want to do it more because it's they're so spectacular so I would say find the biggest park that you haven't been to that's close enough to you that isn't so difficult to get to and check it out and just see how you feel and, and it'll if like you the enjoy spark. yeah it will like the spark and then you just keep doing it <laughs> Manira this has been so lovely to chat to you thank you so much for taking me to Wanstead Park and showing me it and also we've had butterflies flying us yeah, around, around us while we've been chatting and lots of bird song it's been a really lovely experience but thank you for sharing your story and Good luck with all the other parks you. on your list that you've got to do and, and just generally exploring the outdoors. 
Thank you so much, it's been truly a pleasure. Thank you, Liv. Thank you for listening to Manira's episode and stick around for the calming minute of nature sounds I recorded recently. To see photos of my recording with Manira, head to Instagram at The Outdoors Fix. You'll also find Manira on Instagram at all underscore London underscore parks. If you've enjoyed the episodes of The Outdoors Fix podcast, did you know that The Outdoors Fix is also available now as a book? It was published earlier this year and it's packed full of 30 of my podcast guest stories, tips and beautiful photographs to show you how you can get outdoors more and feel the benefits. The Outdoors Fix book is available to buy through the link in the podcast show notes, as well as the Vertebrate Publishing website and in bookshops. Regular listeners of The Outdoors Fix will know that I end each episode with some sounds of nature. So now it's that time to take a short moment to relax and listen to some birdsong and the sounds of a stream I recorded in the Lake District. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs>